This episode of the Lost King Podcast is brought to you by Bestiality. Bestiality! Don't knock it till you try it. Welcome to another episode of the Lost King Podcast. I am your co-host, uh, Mr. Shafiq, or Lord Shafiq. I have Director? No Director? You know what? I'm going to end this running joke anytime soon, but at this point in time, I shall be Lord Shafiq because we're going to be talking about things very royal and grand, aren't we, Mr. Tuffy, Mr. Tuffy here. My other co-host. And we've got Mr. Electric Tom on the other side. Or Hello. Eccentric Tom, sorry. One or the other. We'll get. We'll organize it sooner or later, but Ooh. for now, it's just... It's me. Yeah, yeah. So, now, before we start our episode, Chelfik, is there something you'd like to share that happened on Steam recently? Well, seeing as how we gave almost gushing reviews about Nier Automata and how brilliant it is and how it'd be something that I would enjoy, I straight away went into my Steam. I logged in. I saw the advertisement for, oh, recently released Nier Automata. I clicked on it. And guess what happened? Region locked. Region locked. Motherfucker. Oh okay, God. it's not available again, in my region. It strikes. Once again, it strikes. Okay, so this is something I don't understand. In 2017, why are we still suffering from games not being available to everyone when we're like digitally distributing? We're not like buying hard copies anymore. We're not sticking it into DVD players anymore. And worst of all, is like, I don't know. I mean, like there was this uh, situation where I like kind of went into the forums. I went to check out like, oh, okay, is this happening to just you no know, Singapore or apparently it's happening to the rest of Southeast Asia. So one Steam user decided to do the smart thing. Tweet at Moonface himself. Mr. Yokotaro. Mr. Yokotaro. Mr. Yokotaro tweeted back and he said, I don't know why it's not available in the region. Ask Square Enix. Square Enix! <laughs> yes, yes. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately uh, developers don't have a say in this because it's Square Enix that's handling the publishing. Like, what 2K does for other people's games, what EA does, and other companies as well within that standing. So it really, really sucks that that's happening. Even Konami has yet to release Metal a Gear, PC yeah. version of Metal Gear Rising Konami- for Asia. Yeah. Because Konami is just the worst of the worst. Especially nowadays, yeah. yeah. So hashtag for Konami. Shout yeah, out yeah. to our episode. And you know what the sad thing is? Shout out to Jim Sterling. Coin that term. Yeah, well, the sad thing is they're actually still making money up this day and they don't care because they got gym equipment, they got arcade machines. They're, they're making... Pachinko. Yeah, beat the Mania stuff as well. Pachinko machines, my and God. And uh, Jubi, don't forget Jubi. That box thing, you know, Jubi? where you can... It's a rhythm game where you use a, like a 3 by 3 square thing to press according to the Beatles song. Oh, I so you might have seen that in Boogies. Okay, so it's like a shitty dance dance with your hands. I won't say it's shitty. It's actually kind of fun if you get the hang of the touching the box thing, you know? Rhythm uh, and get Okay, well out. then... Okay. Uh, well, I, mean, I mean, unless you hate uh, what's that EDM and whatnot, then yeah, you can say it's shitty. Oh, well. <laughs> well, well, there we go. That, that's my answer for you. There you go. <laughs> but this is the thing I want to do. Is like I want to bring up this topic, but maybe not for this episode, but for maybe a future episode where we talk about DRM, uh, region locking, and the fate of uh, digital distribution. Uh, tell us what you think, audience members. Okay? Write to us. Tweet to us. You know, We're at The Last King Podcast on Twitter. Or you can even just you know DM us on uh, Instagram at Last King Podcast. Yep, yep. Check out our website too. TheLastKing.net. Yeah. Yep. Or just make smoke signals. <laughs> if you're not in Southeast Asia, we're not going to get it, but... It's a thought account. Yeah, yeah, cool. Just send us a selfie of you doing the smoke signal. That'll be kind of cool too. <laughs> or maybe just don't die from the smog and stuff, yeah, right? Please don't. And don't do it indoors. I know that should be common sense, but who knows? Who knows? In no, this day and age. Yeah, no. I want to say this: like for all our Last King fans, what you also could do tweet to at Square Enix and ask them, you know, especially if you're in the Southeast Asian region or any other region where you're being region locked. Just like, say, what the fuck, dude? What the fuck, yeah. dude? Yeah, okay, you know, let, the, let our voices be heard, okay? Yeah. It's, we're in the age of petitions that might work, yep. <laughs> but still. Now, uh, I want to talk about something. Oh, you just have anything you want to add and stuff? No, nah, I'm done with that topic. All right, all right. So now we're going from something a little bit Less hardcore to something a bit more softcore. Happy. Uh, okay. <laughs> softcore. softcore. Wow. Okay. We haven't even got to that part yet. But anyway, yeah, we want to talk about something a little more happy and something a bit more dear to our hearts as thirty-year-old pop ju- culture junkies. Thirty-year-old? How dare you? Okay. Sir? Sorry. Sorry. I forgot. We, well, have, a, we, we have a young one. Actually, you know, if we, we average out, we're like thirty-one because there's some outliers in this field here. There you go. So we're gonna talk <laughs> about Disney films because recently the live-action version of Beauty and the Beast recently came out on 
what date was it? Sixteenth, the sixteenth of March. For us. Yes. Sixteenth of March for us. So we thought it'll be nice to actually just rekindle our old memories, what we watched back then, you know, just to talk among the three of us. Okay, so we'll say up front, only one of the three of us have seen it. Um Oh, was, that's me, yes. It was yes. you. Yeah. So, so before we do that review, I we're think gonna go back to talk about like maybe what do you got? What do you got in mind? You know, talking about like reminiscing and whatnot. Okay, I need I need to confess something first off. As much as I love myself some Disney, you know, like huge Jungle Book and Aristocats, and I'm when I'm talking about Jungle Book, I'm talking about animated version. Mm-hmm. Okay, the music, the animation. Okay, this topic will be more construed towards the Disney princesses, okay? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, uh, it's a very special episode because each one of us will be providing their own segment. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, for the opening segment, uh, what I thought is like we do something really fun. Uh, what I thought is I would like to, uh, as, as much to my chagrin as possible, <laughs> now I'm being professional here, I did the research. I'm not 100% of a Disney fan, but I, I mean Disney princesses, but I am an animation fan. Okay, so I would like to present a special segment, which is <clears throat> The Last King. Top 5 Disney Princesses as of this recording. Right. Which is like opening... Thank you, thank you, studio audience. Thank you, thank you. Okay, who let them in? <laughs> Guess how? <laughs> this is like an undisclosed location, man. How the hell did we get that all done? I think we need to move space soon enough. Oh, well. But yes, there you go. Last King Podcast. You know, if you'd like to buy tickets to our show... <laughs> <laughs> send us money. We'll send you the tickets eventually. But yes, okay, so I'm going to open up this whole topic, okay? In light of BT and the Beast and how we're recording this in the opening weekend, okay? And uh, I'm pretty sure, you know, <coughs> SEO, we kind of need to, like, you know, be in tune with the uh, pop culture landscape. Yep, that's your thing for you right there, being honest about things. Of course, you know, but yes, um, I'm going to do top five Disney princesses. Now, let's be clear, this is your top five. Well, I'm pretty sure I'm speaking for the rest of us, especially in my choices. But do feel free to chime in if you want to contest, or maybe even if you want to kind of, you know, uh, you know, bring up your Disney princesses, which I did not include in my list. Mm. But at the same time, I'm pretty sure this is a very fair and very concise and very well-researched list, I might add. Okay. Okay? So, number five. Number five. We have to go with the OG, the original Disney princess, Snow White. Okay. Ah, yes, right. you're going for the very fairest among the land kind yes. of princess. Yes, I mean, she started off the train, okay, which, you know, is the very reason Disney's princess empire is probably... Uh, that's the money they had to buy the Marvel empire mm. and the Star Wars empire. And yes, if you want to, like, you know, if you want to do a list of Disney princesses, you got to include the original, mm-hmm. the OG, okay? And frankly... This is one of the few uh, princess animations that I watched and I actually thoroughly enjoyed. And the best thing is, I watched it at the right time. Like, you know, this is me, under 10 years old, watching this on a VHS tape, you know, and it was introduced to me in a very, like, you know, in a very friendly, friendly way. It was basically one of those uh, situations where everybody was just gathering in front of the TV, pop this in the, VG- the VHS. VGS? The, the VGS. Oh, VGS, yes, you know. But... I would say, like, the best thing about Snow White is how it still holds up in terms of animation, in terms of, like, you know, very simple storytelling, in terms of the songs, and frankly, also having one of the scariest villains ever. Oh my god, the, the queen. Witch, the yeah, queen. Especially the when, queen? when the queen transformed into the witch. Yeah. When the, the reveal was done and everything, and it holy was shit. freaking creepy, you know? I mean, especially with the setup in her tower. I mean, there was literally a skull with a candle on it, you know, where her little, like, crow would just hide in. Yeah. And that just shows how pure Snow White is to the point where she's willing to help out someone who is obviously fucking evil. <laughs> you know, that bit what, of, like, she's in the house and then, you know, the witch. Because she's pure of yeah. heart. She's Snow White. Yeah. No, but yeah. at the same time, I would also say, like, this is Disney kind of figuring things out, but at the same time, trying to be true to the very macabre nature of stories like Snow White. Mm. Because, I mean, if you were to read the original story... Who wrote the original? Was it one of those Chris Anderson ones or the... I'm not too sure, you know, but I do recall, like, wasn't the Brothers Grimm, was it? It Probably. might have been. I mean, one of those royalty-free, you know, kind of... Ones that were written 500 years ago, so yeah, who yeah. gives a shit? Who so who's a state actually really earned from all of this? <laughs> exactly. But okay, the thing about Snow White is, uh, like, whatever happened to the witch at the end really doesn't compare to what actually happens to her in the, the, the written version. 
Because if I'm not mistaken, she was asked to dance in like uh, shoes made of oh, iron yeah. or some Red shit. Red hot shoes. She had to dance until she died. Yeah. Until she died, you know. Ah, you right, know, like, right. It, it, like the thing is, like this set the precedent for every other Disney fairy tale or every other Disney animation. Where, okay, if you want to do it, like you know, note for note, following the source material, you won't sell tickets. And not in the 1930s. That would have been a too hard to sell. That would be a bit weird to see a witch dancing till she. Deformed to a skeleton or something. Yeah, and at the yeah. same time, this would be the template that Disney would follow, where they would take something from you know uh, European folklore and fairy tale and just like kind of you know change it up, a bit. subdue, subsume. What's the word for it? You know, like they just water it down to the tone it down. I think yeah, tone it down. Tone it down. Tone it down. Yeah, like you know, I mean, like we're gonna also talk about like you know, Little Mermaid, you know, and how fucked up that book ended well, yeah. <laughs> every single uh, Disney film if you look at the OG material it's some seriously fucked up shit now even with Cinderella where like one of the sisters had to cut off their toes just to fit into the shoe and stuff yeah, like that. they didn't yeah. add that but at the same time so but the thing is uh, the whole Disney template of taking a fairy tale toning it down kind of making the princess the central character how she eventually meets her prince charming I mean this would be the, the stuff that, that girls would be you know Kind of, I would even say, I mean, like probably back then, this is something that you know your sister would enjoy, and, like she would watch, and you would watch with her, hmm. you know. And then there'll be stuff for the boys too. There'll be a little bit of action, a little bit of comedy. Yeah, yeah, the comedy mostly from the seven dwarfs, basically interacting, I mean, trying like, to steal a kiss from. We, we've Snow White. all got our favorites, you know. Yeah, I mean, that like, is a bit problematic when you talk about it in this day and age, but yeah, okay. I'll say. Um, I want to also kind of mention the animation, like that rotoscoping technique, you know, was which so good looking. was freaking ahead of its time where, like, you know, I mean, even though it's, like, not pretty much used anymore, I mean, like, you can say, like, it's the direct descendant of motion capture where they would originally trace the Descendant or ancestor? I mean, it, it would descend or ascend. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm slipping and flipping. Last game podcast, everybody probably drunk right now. Yep. Anyway, uh... Like the original Snow White was literally them drawing over actresses and actors. Yeah, you know, which is a why technique which is still alive today. Still alive yeah. today, but not used as often in Disney stories. I mean, True. the closest thing would be mocap. Snow White's art style like defined the genre. I mean, it will continue on with like Cinderella. Yeah. But then okay, um, the next item on my list. Okay. Number four. Would be a change, a shift <coughs> in not just style and animation technique but also in success. Now I'm gonna talk about number four. Number four. Aurora, Sleeping Beauty. Now this... Uh, hold it, guys. Now, the thing is, I'm pretty sure this is the one that you all will contest me the most. Yes. Because she does fuck all. She falls asleep. Okay, she <laughs> pricks her finger. No, wait. Not exactly the most interesting thing. She princess. had an amazing time in the forest with the three fairy godmothers, okay? <laughs> no, but... But that's more the fairy godmother's personality, not so much hers, per se. Well, you can literally say she's paper thin in personality, yeah. yeah. So is the prince, so I guess that's like equal, equal rights yeah, in yeah. that way. <laughs> no, I guess so too. But okay, now hear me out, guys. Now, the reason I want to bring up Sleeping Beauty, right? Now, frankly, um, not because of the story and not because of the animation itself, but more so um, the history of Sleeping Beauty. Okay. Because uh, Sleeping Beauty, if you were to compare it to all the other Disney princesses before it, okay, was pretty much a change in direction in terms of art style. In terms of animation technique, it was uh, the last Disney princess uh, movie to be, I mean, like uh, the last Disney animation to be based off a fairy tale, you know, with like Walt Disney Productions kind of like, you know, still in charge. And like they will not do the princess story until way further up in the 90s with The Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. Now, this was the last one before Walt Disney died, right? I think, yeah, I think he passed away already. He yeah. died before this. Oh, okay. But, like, this would literally be the last Disney movie for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then, I would say this, like, okay, art style, if you look at it, okay, totally unique, totally different, and very creative in the sense that, uh, I'm not so sure who the main artist was. I believe it's Avon Earl. Yeah. Um, he did the tapestry style art that exactly. the producers were like, yeah, let's use this this time for our animation. There's like something very thematic about it and very consistent with the aesthetic of the Kind of got that beginning. stained glass kind of vibe to it, which is exactly. lovely. Exactly. Yeah. I really like that. Especially with the way the, the characters are drawn and the proportions. Yeah. Everyone yeah. got that sharp kind of angular look, which I, is also cool. Especially what, with Maleficent. Like, oh, she she's is a badass. In exactly. One of the best designed artistically mm-hmm. villains ever actually yeah, yeah. from and you know voice which actress. to from yeah. which yeah. to dragon holy shit that, that final scene with Prince Charming and the dragon that was just 
an amazing bit of animation. Yeah, so beautiful. Even yeah. up till now, I don't know any other animation techniques or whatnot that can contest that per se. You know, like in terms of scope and epic, maybe ten minutes. In terms so of fight. trying and like keeping with the medieval kind of like early European folklore, you know, I, mean? I would say like uh, visually, Sleeping Beauty was a stunner. I mean, okay. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like, it's one of the few animations that grabbed me. Uh, in a in a way that there is more to this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even though the story was kind of simple, even though yeah, the characters are kind of hokey, and yes, of course, it's another watered down Disney princess, another watered down you know story from uh, this was Hans Christian Andersen, I'm mistaken. No? Yeah, I yeah, that's, so, correct. yeah. That's, correct. that's correct. This is definitely Hans Christian Andersen. But of course, the thing I also need to bring up, this was a box office bomb. Mm. Okay, not many people realize this, but when Sleeping Beauty came out, nobody came out in droves. People mm. were kind of uh, reacting to its darker tone. To its like uh, steering too far away from formula, and this was literally Disney trying something different, and realizing that people don't want them to change. Was it as bad as when Black uh, Black Cauldron came out at the time? Uh, Bl- Black Cauldron literally put the company under. Okay, uh, but yeah. at the same time, Sleeping Beauty would be that first time we we're like, okay, we're trying to do something new, unique, and we're gonna push our artistic guys to their very limits. But at the same time. Yeah, you know, they tried and they failed. I mean, it was extremely ambitious for its time. I guess this can actually, like, it's sort of like a mirror of what happened, like, after they released Lion King and Aladdin. Mm. That was a time when Disney wanted to be like, hey, let's adapt this book from Victor Hugo and see what happens from there. <laughs> or, hey, let's take this Greek mythology story and try to add in, like, some sort of Las Vegas kind of show tune thing to it. Or let's take Shakespeare and put lines in it. Oh, that's Lion King. But yeah, that's actually, there we go. I would actually contest it would be like, let's take a Japanese anime and just sell it back to the American audience. Uh, but, but the thing <laughs> about that is that actually worked. That yeah. actually worked to Disney's favor. That's the thing. So. True that. It's that. just that the other experiments with the Victor Hugo book and uh, the whole Las Vegas thing that I mentioned, that didn't pan out so well. Who was Box that? office-wise. Uh, yeah, Hercules and uh, yeah, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Hercules was trying to be more like a big Broadway musical. Yeah, uh, yeah, I could say that now. In a sense, but then again, this is like Disney's. Like I would say, uh, Sleeping Beauty was the first time Disney took uh, took chances yeah. with what they had. And yes, as much as it failed, I mean, to me, this they tried. They tried. This is the cult classic. I mean, I would say like if you were to show like Disney princess stories to people with strong aesthetic sense. I mean, like, a lot of them will kind of look at the modern ones and think to themselves, yeah, more of the same. The classic ones, like, yeah, this is very technical. And they'll look at Sleeping Beauty. Now, this is aesthetically challenging. It's like watching a painting come to life, literally. Mm, yeah, yeah. And so, like, I needed to include this because this was Disney taking chances, doing something different. Yeah. Besides, if it wasn't a cult classic, I mean, we won't actually get to see a remake or a reboot of that particular... Yeah, this literally... Yeah. The you remake know, which person. nobody watched. <laughs> I don't know another, about that. Another actually, example you know, of them taking chances, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's and a different spin. You gotta give them props for that. Like, don't no, focus on the villain. I'm, I'm all for focus on the villain, making an empathetic character choice. But I mean, I didn't see it. But what I didn't like was, from what people said, was that it was very interesting first half. You know, trying to say why Maleficent got that way, and then we said, oh, but we've got the rest of Sleeping Beauty to kind of fit. Yeah, in, so I think that's let's... the thing because it became very lopsided, right? Rather than yeah. being a strong origin story. I mean, the movie have been. I'm going to talk about Maleficent here. Yeah. Maleficent. It would have been perfect if it just ended at her appearing at uh, Sleeping Beauty's uh, birthday party. Right, like, why right. wasn't I invited? End there. It just yeah. end and say, you'll regret this. Boom. Yeah. And then uh, the thing is, like, you know, let canon take over. You know, yeah. let, let So it's like know. a retcon in a sense, yeah. right? Disney, hire me as a screenwriter. <laughs> <laughs> hire all of us. Yeah, yeah. No, but okay. So I think uh, we've talked a lot about Sleeping Beauty. Let's move on to number three. Number, number three. three. We're going brown, boys. We're talking about Jasmine. <laughs> oh, yeah. There I we would, go. I would contest this was higher up in the list. You would think my, so? My mm. personal choice, yeah. Maybe I have some bias towards this, but honestly, I think that Jasmine is the best, if not one of the best Disney princesses that they've ever made. Is Jasmine or Pocahontas the first non-European princess? I think it was Jasmine. Jasmine was first, right? Aladdin was 90s. It was 91, 92. Whereas Pocahontas was late 90s. Much later, much later. That was one of the first Disney films I saw in cinema. Oh, okay. And I was four or five. Okay, the first non-European Disney princess and before Elsa and all the kind of more progressive Disney princesses. She was very standoffish. She was the first progressive Disney princess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Didn't want to be cooped up in the castle. Uh, I mean, in the castle, didn't want to like... 
I say, do you want to get married off? Almost she had got, a pet tiger. Yeah, which is just <laughs> amazing in every way. Not really a side character, but not really a main per se. Like, come on, the, the, the standout of Aladdin is still Aladdin and the genie. I was well, going to no, say I would, it's the I would, genie. I would just yes. say just genie. Forget Aladdin. Aladdin is kind of a cipher in a lot of regards. I guess so. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Robin Williams... Hands down. Hands yeah. down. This is not just, you know, it's his best performance, full stop. And I've seen Good Morning Vietnam. I've oh, seen Mrs. Yes. Doubtfire. This is when you say, you're allowed to do whatever you want to do with your voice, and we'll just catch up with animation afterwards. Yes. Yeah. Do what ever you want I mean nothing is better than Robin Williams free reign like if you look at his stand up and just like the tangents he jumps off into yeah and that was the perfect guy to cast as genie somebody who was not just omnipotent but multi-dimensional mm. yeah I mean, but I, I, we also kind of need to kind of bring up the fact that like the genie some of his impressions unless you're a certain age they're kind of you're not, gonna, you're not gonna get it yeah, yeah I mean the first time I saw it actually this is a fun little uh, side story yep, yep the first time I ever saw Aladdin was in French what? Huh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but it was because I was I, I grew up in a multilingual household and I had a French person look after me. Not my parents, but like a nanny kind of thing. Alright. And she got that the VHS. And so I first saw Aladdin three, four times full through entirely in French. <laughs> and you saw the English version when in my teens. I was like, oh, so that was a joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But like even the songs were in French. So, so like, how was Genie like in French when he's telling all those jokes and oh, stuff? Oh, he, he's still hilarious because there's a lot of visual gags. Yeah, you know, they're still aiming towards the younger audience. But but is this Robin Williams translated? Or no, this was... Some actor. There was some French guy. It was probably Gerard Depardieu because <laughs> he's the only famous French actor as far as I'm aware. Yeah. But anyway, back to the princess. Yeah. But she was very beautifully drawn and a kind of almost non-conventional. It was kind of, you know, dimmer enough to kind of go, oh, Hello. Yeah. It was probably the first Hello, time. Indeed. Yeah, it was probably the first time we saw Midriff in a. Um... Actually, no. Ariel. Ariel did. It. Yeah, but she was. She wore the bikini. She's halfish. So. Yeah, she was halfish. So it's kind of like that kind of cognitive dissonance. This was an actual person. person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With hips and everything. With. <laughs> well, as close to as Disney would have for hips, because she still had a waist which was like you know my thumb and forefinger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Regardless, yeah, she's got the Midriff thing that everyone. Boy, and I'm every seriously girl talking about how sexy it. Jasmine is. Come on. I okay. know, I know. <laughs> Regardless, you know, she was headstrong, had her own future. Yep. You know, she chose Aladdin because for the first time he was honest. Yep. So, okay, yeah, it's not perfect. <laughs> Despite the fact that the whole show is about him trying not to lie and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not perfect. There's still a lot of problematic issues with it. Mm -hmm. But in terms of for early 90s, this was a very progressive way of portraying a woman who actually had some say in what was going on. Mm-hmm. And also, probably, Disney's first Muslim princess. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> she, they would never remake she that. She actually did use her wiles as well. Like that time when Jafar had that superpowers and shit from the genie. Yeah. Oh. She basically made out with Jafar just for a few seconds so that Aladdin can go through like undetected and stuff. That's yeah. pretty smart. That was that was kind of smart. And The femme fatale thing. Okay, I think we should move on. Okay, uh, number three was uh, Jasmine. And number two! Number, number two. two! We're gonna go non-European again and we're gonna... Of course, mention Mulan. Oh, Because yeah. we're Asian. Uh, <laughs> yes. this, this, I'm not going to contest. She's actually awesome, in a sense. She's no. pretty cool. Have you have you heard about the original um, story? Fairy tale? No, I'm it's not, not a fairy tale. It's more like one of those Confucian mythology things. Okay. Um, I mean, it's almost the same story, apart from the ending is like the Hans Christian Andersen and like the Grimm Brothers. Kind of bleak. Oh, um, right. She yeah. died, didn't she? No, she doesn't die. Well, no. She goes home. Father's dead. Emperor wants her back as a concubine so she commits suicide. Uh, yeah, damn. Yeah. But anyway, back to, this of, plan, <laughs> back to this happy, happy time. Back you know? to happy, wholesome. Yep. <laughs> now, okay, aside from being wholesome, I would say that Mulan, first princess to kick ass. Okay, she does kung fu, she goes to war, she wears armor, she's awesome with a sword and a bow. Yep. She, she the, has a dragon. She is the she first is? one, I think, to directly kill people. Exactly. In, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. With the firecracker, no, with the fireworks of all things, you know? Well, that was an actual weapon in uh, yeah, Chinese army. Yeah, a giant, basically a giant rocket launcher, right? Kind of, yeah. Which is pretty badass, per se. That yeah. was, that was a, actually, I rewatched it, not recently, but maybe four or five years ago. And the animation is actually really good. Yeah, it's the first one I've seen to have proper depth. You know, when they have the Huns coming over the... Um, the, 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 the What's that? The cliffside, right? Yeah, the like 30, that's the first... 
the next film to be able to really convey the kind of scope and size of an army is Lord of the Rings in the final one. And all Mulan had to do was just basically launch a fireworks in, you know, in the cliffside to kill yeah. everyone, basically. Yeah. And also, it's a film with probably some of the best music. Yes, yes. I actually did like Reflections, but maybe Shuffle, you want to take over this? No, I'm fine. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would say uh, Girl Worth Fighting For is the strongest one. I like the Make a Man out of You. Well, would... Ma- Make a Man's the mainstream one. Like. Of course, of course, but I like that beat of it. You know? It's a good beat, but I think Man Girl Worth Fighting For. Yeah, I like that one because it kind of gives a mindset of you know, the common soldier, which mm-hmm. very few films do very well. Mm-hmm. And the way she kind of just awkwardly goes, what about a, a girl who's headstrong and speaks her mind? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> really like the wordplay done and everything. Yeah. It's really funny. I mean, but speaking of songs, and especially us being uh, of the Asian persuasion, do we want to mention Jackie Chan singing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I wanted you to talk about, actually. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Okay, if, of all the, the the cons and the negative things about Mulan is the fact that this gave Jackie Chan a reason to continue his singing career, and frankly, fans of the Last King Podcast don't YouTube Jackie Chan singing. But you know it you're will, going to it, because it, we just but mentioned you will. it. Yes. You're going to just Google Jackie Chan, make a man. And it's four or five minutes, which you're never going to get back. It's hilarious. It's <laughs> hilarious. Props for trying, though. Props for trying. Jackie no, Chan. don't try. Don't quit your J-job. Please, jump off of J-job. building. Yeah, your J-job. Jackie. J-job. Yes. <laughs> Jackie. No, don't sing blue. So anyway, no. to sum it up, Mulan, really headstrong. I mean, princess for a princess. princess. Yeah. Probably the first cross-dressing... Um, Disney princess who actually killed people, lots of people. Yeah, <laughs> think about it. She she committed close to genocide levels of murder. I will put her in number one in my own list just okay. because of that. Yeah, I'm kind of sadistic that way. But it's not our list. It's it is Shafiq's Shafiq's list. list. Well, so you, you guys to... made me do this, and I fucking don't want to even talk about princesses. Okay, no, but sure. anyway, so let's round this off. Do it properly. Drum roll, please. Number one. Number, number one. one. Princess Leia. Oh. <laughs> Technically, officially, yes. Canon-wise? Boom. <laughs> Listen, boys and girls, this is the Last King Podcast. This is your uh, co-host, Shafiq, speaking. And if I had to choose a Disney princess to rule over all them all, I would choose the one whose father was Darth Vader, has, you know, force powers, and hooked up with the baddest smuggler, you know, who did the castle run. And there's actually you know, a queen, parties. too, of the own planet. And a general. Well, she's, she's queen and because of... Well, she's queen of what? A pile of floating rocks in the Yeah, castle. yeah, yeah. I mean, Jimmy Smith was probably in that floating pile of rocks too, right? Yeah. So. But it's her floating pile of rocks, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the Elderon, now the asteroid belt, right? Okay. But Alderaan. F- frankly speaking, you know, like, if I had to choose... And this is the last game, boys and girls. If anything, of course we're going to choose the Star Wars one. Mm-hmm. Of course it's going to have to be Princess Leia. The most badass. If you want to talk about Mulan's genocidal ability, like, General Leia ordered her troops to kill a lot of stormtroopers too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean... A lot of clones. Mm, a, lot of clones. a lot of clones. Well, it depends on which level of Star Wars trivia. Like. And brought well, to you by super nerdiness. <laughs> <laughs> and well, I would say also, I mean, the thing is, every other princess on this list is animated. This particular princess was played by the very ethereal Miss Carrie Fisher. Okay, fair enough. Who we have lost quite recently. Yeah, rest in peace. However, I think this is a cheat because her biggest span of badasses was before the Disney purchase of Lucasfilm. But the thing is... We're in 2017 now. On another technicality, she is officially a Disney princess. Okay, all right. Fine. I agree with this. I agree with this. Okay, I... Well, it's my duty to oppose this with every fight with my body. Is it because you're English and everybody on the Death Star was English? <laughs> that too. <laughs> that too, probably. Yes. That's a whole other podcast where I'll rail about the misappropriation of the English accent. Well, but, but to be serious, um, if let's just say the whole Disney-Marvel thing wasn't that, or Lucasfilm thing wasn't really into play, I would put number one as Bell. Bell? Yeah, for really? me, I, re- I really love Bell, despite the whole Stockholm Syndrome thing she has. I can't wait till you talk about the movie. Okay, later. so... Now, now, the thing is, Bell, I mean, in the animated series, yeah, she's also kind of headstrong in a sense. I mean, she's 
the first person to tell a giant fucking werewolf to be like, get the fuck down, I'm going to heal the shit out of you. Those exact words, get the fuck down. No, no, paraphrasing, paraphrasing. But yeah, yeah, paraphrasing. And she actually looked for a father and stuff after she knew that something the fuck was going on, right? Okay, so I have the number one. Okay, your number one? My number one is Moana. From Moana. Oh yeah! I all right, all right. have to confess, despite all the amazing research I did for this list, I haven't seen Moana. Because, <laughs> all right, you say she's the first one to tell like a werewolf thing to you know behave. Back down. She told a demigod, "I don't care who the fuck you are. You're getting on my boat. We're going over there, and you're gonna fucking apologize to the person who's ruining our world." Yeah, she's she's so, been doing that for like three, four, five times. Like he's actually been beaten around the bush in my yeah. head. Yeah, you know? and she is the perfect one because you know there's no uh love story thing detracting from it there's no that's good yeah yeah. it's she is a fantastic character and honestly it's only because you two haven't seen it oh no i've seen it it. you've seen it yeah yeah, yeah. but you would agree with me right Yeah, yeah yeah she is I would argue we're enough for Princess Leia, which I think is a bit of a cheat. But it's not <laughs> I'm allowed to cheat. <laughs> it's not my list. It's not my list. So I'll confirm. But I would say she is number one Disney princess. Your honorable mention. She's movie. cool, okay. but yeah, I'm still gonna stick with Belle on my side because in back in the '90s, when you know finding these kind of women who are kind of like into it and all that, like very headstrong and very like influential in the sense. I guess I will go with Belle. I mean, maybe she's a bit too perfect. That could be a bad thing. Like, not much flaws, per se. Well, the and she's is, also counted as an outcast, which a lot of people can relate to. In well, it's because she's an absolute bitch to everyone. <laughs> uh, the way she sang a song may be condescending, I guess. Maybe that's what I like awful. about her. She's like, oh, look at all these peasants. How dare they? You know, <laughs> I really <laughs> the baker man is baking stuff. And it's like, how dare you go to a good, honest living while I sit at home and read because my father has enough money to make me do nothing else. Okay, but Piece let me... shit. <laughs> let me take the points that you guys brought up. Okay. Badass princess. Okay, uh, Moana talked down a demigod. Uh, Belle, Belle talked down beast. Princess Leia talked down Darth fucking Vader. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh. number two. In terms of most inspirational and most uh, culture defining, dude, just Google Slave Leia outfit. Uh, how many Bell cosplay, cosplay can you see? <laughs> uh, hey, quite, quite, a, quite a lot actually. Quite if we go to San Diego Comic Con, she wear a metal bikini. <laughs> no, the, but I, 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 I kind of like, like my my women like with all the whole dress and, oh, oh, thing. Oh, okay, uh, so, so you like the imagination behind? There you go. There you go. Right, okay. there you go. Here, at the same time, also out of all the Disney princesses, how many will you remember ten years from now? I'll still remember Belle, honestly. Over or probably, Leia. yeah. Belle, Princess Leia, and Your Ariel. nerd card, sir. Here. Okay. I'm sorry. It's, it's still with me. I'm still with me. It's still with me. With your nerd gun. Speaking of lovely princesses, it's time for my own little segment. So we're wrapping mm-hmm. this uh, mini segment up. Okay, we're wrapping this segment up, of course, now for my segment. Okay, but before we do that, okay, okay. for all the fans in The Last King over there, what are your favorite Disney princesses? Did I do, like, did I done fuck up this list? Yeah. You know, How shit. much did he fuck up? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah, but if you agree with me, please let us know. Tweet to us at Last King Podcast, okay? Of course, we take the DMs. Of course, uh, you know, on Instagram at Last King Podcast. You can also find us on Facebook. Or even just message us and comment on our SoundCloud track here right now. But, okay, of course, uh, handing over the uh, conch to uh, Mr. Tom here. To I have the conch. His Yay. segment, which we... Uh, what is this segment called? This segment is a quick round of muck... Muck? <laughs> <laughs> Butt ruckus. Like, butt ruckus. All right. It's Marry, Fuck, Kill. The Disney Princess Edition. The Disney Princess Edition. <laughs> All right. So, I am your host, Mr. Eccentric Tom. Hello, and Eccentric Tom. my contestants are Mr. Shafiq. Hello. And Mr. Toffee. Hi. Hello. So, our first round, gentlemen, <laughs> it is Mulan. Okay. But she's constantly in her cross-dressing mode. Oh, she, as mm. a guy. As a guy. In her armor. In her armor, in her voice, in her weird like, mm. spit thing. All right. All right, all right. Then Ariel, but it's the first time she comes on land where she is completely mute. So she's not a fish anymore. She's not a fish. She's got legs. She's got, she's got legs. <laughs> okay, but she's got, she's got no voice. All right. Or Frog Tiana. <laughs> oh man! Uh, for those who don't know, Tiana's from uh, Princess and Frog, Frog and the Princess or Princess and Frog. 
Now, Damn, I got those names mixed up. You obviously. do realize you put me in a situation I might just fuck a frog, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> bestiality warning. No bestiality. So, okay, we're going to have to do this entire thing with no bestiality. All right, Shafiq, you start first. <laughs> Murder. What are my options again? <laughs> so, your choices are... Mulan. Mulan. Vagina still under the armor. All right. oh, no, no, no. Vagina's still there. But... You have to get through all that. You have to get through the armor, the voice, and the weird, like, macho... All right, all right, all right. Or you have Ariel, but she Ariel. can't say shit. So she is, yeah, she's pretty, but she can't say anything. Or Tiana, but she's a tiny bitty little frog who can speak, who probably still knows how to make gumbo, but she's a frog. So, okay, here, here this is what I would do. Mm-hmm. Fuck would definitely be Mulan. Okay. okay. I would like to peel all that away, get in there, get in that ass, and like <laughs> make a m- woman out of her. <laughs> That's what I would do first. Oh my god. Kill would definitely be the fucking frog, because uh, what the hell am I gonna do with a frog, bro? And marry. Conversation piece, lol. No. Speaking of conversation, I would marry the fuck out of Bill because she would never be able to complain about anything I do. You I'll just never said have Belle, to hear. I mean, my bad. <laughs> Ariel, because you know she's mute, so she can't nag. She can't remind me about things. She can't tell me like I haven't done the dishes. Sure, she can pout. Sure, she can probably shrug her shoulders or probably just give me the eternal silent treatment. But you know what? I can handle that. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that would be my... This episode of Last Podcast is brought to you by Later Misogyny Patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to phrase that a little nice. Later? Okay. No. Because my answers are about the same, to be honest. Oh, okay. So yeah. I want your reasoning. So okay, okay. Topic. So, mute Ariel, I'd marry because... Again, same reasons. <laughs> no, no, no. Again. <laughs> the way she actually does sign language stuff and actually communicate through the power of doing sign stuff, Okay. Actually, not bad if you actually watch the animated stuff, you know, like the way her facial expressions are. So, you are learn sign language for her? I guess so. I, I guess. love how we went about how amazing these princesses are, and now we're just gonna just complete, trivialize her. Just objectifying Welcome the Welcome to fuck the last game podcast, boys and girls. Yep. And, uh, Free dudes after a few pints. Mimulan, man. That's really tough. Kill her? Uh, no, 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 no. She would no. kick your ass first, though. Yeah, like, you could try to fight. You could try to kill her, but she would mess you the fuck up. Yeah. No, no, no. no. I mean, I'm still gonna fuck her, but so it's just oh, gonna okay. be like you know, okay. after a few drinks of like the Chinese wine and all that, who knows? Things can happen, right? I figured. Dude, she might just fuck you. <laughs> yeah, that too. That would be bad. Would be Win-win bad. situation here. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. And you yeah, might be on the wrong end of a Chinese yeah. spear right there. Yeah. Oh. And, uh, I'll, I'll kill the frog because as much as he cooks gumbo, I'm sure Ariel can learn some cooking and stuff. I'm too, pretty as well. sure the the frog. She can learn some cooking. A little bit. A little she bit. has okay. to. Probably not seafood, She's but you know other food. stuff as well. <laughs> Just make her cook up, um, what's his name, Flipper, Sebastian while she's Flipper. sobbing quietly in the corner. <laughs> well, she can't oh, complain. <laughs> but yeah, okay, so. Okay. Let's move on from this very problematic yep. thing. Okay, I'll take it since I, I'll start first because I fixed it first. Okay, so you'll go first. Yep. The next choice we have Dory. Mm, damn. Another fish. <laughs> yep. Nala from The Lion King. Okay. Or Lady from Lady in the Trap. <laughs> So let me guess. I have Wait, to be no, in human form to do all to to basically marry Murder Fussy. Lady is a princess in her thoughts, damn it. Wait, wait, I gotta She's check. She's a lady. She's not. I gotta check. Aristocracy. There you go. Okay, okay. I gotta check. Am I in human form when? Oh no, no you're no, you. You're you. You're human form. You are Mr. Toffee right now, warts and all, and you have a fish, a lion, and a dog. <laughs> I think I'll marry the lion because. What? I guess there's some. I'm not sure if there's even some royal blood thing going on there because, again, Simba's the king and all that shit. Tom, give him a bestiality. Mm. Horn yeah, yeah do it, do it, do it. You're gonna have to do a lot of that. Uh, no bestiality. I don't know, there's something about the face she did in that music number she what was the in. Fuck the fuck face? Can you feel the love of my face? I'm gonna marry this lion person in the sense. But also, she's a provider because, you know, female lions, they're the one who does all the hunting, so... Yeah, yeah. I wanted to bring that up because yeah. she do all the cooking and hunting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but she's not doing cooking because she has no opposable thumbs. I, I guess the fuck will go with Dory because... You'll fuck a fish! <laughs> I wonder how it feels like, actually. You're a fish fucker! <laughs> <laughs> At least she's not a male fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't be scared! At the very least, we can both forget about it next year. <laughs> <laughs> she's a fish! She'll literally forget about it like eight seconds later. <laughs> yeah, you okay. can't retain it. Memories. So now you're normalizing sexual abuse because you can't remember consenting. Yeah, 
there you go. There you go. Huh? Huh? Wow, we are really cutting up that misogynistic <laughs> thing. Can, right can, can I yeah. skip this turn, guys? <laughs> nope. No, no, no. no, no, no. You, you're doing it. No, no, and then I'll kill you. I'm sorry, but... You kill a dog. You kill a dog. That's the number one rule in movies. You can't kill the dog. You're going to kill the king. I'm going to break the rule. You're going to kill Lady? Oh not God. really not my thing. Look, Lady and the Tramp, not exactly my favorite movie, Don't unfortunately. speak to me ever again. <laughs> you monster. Yes, I am, I am. This Could be worse. I mean, fish fucking. I'm still calling you a monster for this oh, thing. fish fucking. <laughs> I don't know. Could be worse. At least you didn't bring up any of the cats from Aristocrats. Thank God. Uh, oh. And, I, and you'll probably hear my answer the worst I, I, possible. I was close to. I was close <laughs> to doing that. Okay. But again, Lady in a Tramp, not exactly my favorite film again, so. Okay, so. Shafiq. Chancellor <laughs> Shafiq. Your turn to step into this landmine. My God, you got your thumb Jimmy. really close to air horn. Now. Oh, it's ready, my friend. Okay. Mary, definitely not, lah, because as a female lion, she will do most of the hunting and provide. And yeah, I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, she's a big cat. I'm so glad <laughs> my wife and your girlfriend don't listen to this. <laughs> oh, they will. They'll be the first to comment. Uh, okay. I can't so wait for that. I'll marry Nala. Okay. I'll fuck lady. <laughs> Insert doggy style joke here. <laughs> Oh, you gotta kill I would the love fish. to share a plate of meatballs and spaghetti with Lady. <laughs> I'm on the wrong end. I'm gonna fucking kill the worry. <laughs> well, it's not like she remember it anyway, yeah. right? So. I bet that she's delicious. <laughs> you're adding a next layer to this shit. Why are you gonna kill her and eat her? And make her the curry. This is gonna be amazing. I wonder lady, how many fish had curry. <laughs> um, Tom, in retrospect, I wonder how dogs taste like. I don't want oh. to know. Korean? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. People keep saying I look Korean, so I'm gonna play the part, I guess. Play to the stereotypes, okay. <laughs> God damn. Alright, alright. All right. So, let's move to the less let's romantic. Let's end this madness quickly. Let's, let's <laughs> enter your feminine size. <laughs> what? Gentlemen. <laughs> so, our final part of this segment is... Jafar. What? <laughs> this is our princess. Scar. Okay. Another lion. <laughs> Count Frollo. Count <laughs> this is tough, honestly. This is tough. Wait, am I still a guy or am I a female? You, you are still Chancellor Shafiq. <laughs> but as you live and breathe. But these are my these are my choices. These are your choices. As, you know, I can go first if you want, man. No, I got this. I've got this. As, I want you to put aside your fragile masculinity. Of course. <laughs> my masculinity. All broken up to little shards now. Yeah. I'll, I'll just Scoop it up in this uh, little dustpan and put it to the side. Listen, guys, you know, my masculinity is not at stake here. In fact, I'm very into my masculinity. We're just doing this for science. <laughs> for science. For the data. <laughs> Who Bill and I will be so proud. Who would Shafiq fuck Mary kill in between Jafar's car and can't fucking roll? All right. Bill, nah, the science guy. So, obviously, I would marry Jafar. Because oh. Jafar, ever since being uh, rejected by Jasmine, would definitely need some uh, companionship. And of course, him being the most powerful genie now. Yes, that's yes, true. In return of Jafar, yes. He would be yes. able to provide for me in ways nobody ever and will. And since you have practiced rubbing the lamp, yeah, I'll rub him a... off a few times, I guess. <laughs> that's just <laughs> I guess you're going to have to polish your knob in the best way. Uh, lovely. So. Uh, there we go. Polish the lamp. <laughs> <laughs> now, who would I kill? Of course I'll kill Count Frollo. Fuck him. You'd, you'd kill Count Frollo? Fuck Count Frollo. Okay, so... <laughs> he's, got the best, he's got the best voice let, around, dude. Let me just prepare this. I'm gonna fuck Scar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put my dick into that backstabbing brother lion and just remind him that I'll... He'll feel the love tonight. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Stick it right into his circle of life. Wow. <laughs> yes, I said it. I'll fuck Jeremy Irons as a lion. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Toffee. Ah, uh, yes. I think I'll marry Count Frollo. I mean, really? If I'm gonna, I'm, if I'm gonna be evil, I'm gonna go evil all the way. Especially for a judge who wants to secretly fuck a gypsy woman, basically. Okay. And who's got the best voice around? Come on. 
Tony J, the late Tony J, best voice around, you know. I agree. Yeah. Got that whole evil thing going on, and it's part of the church, so I think I'm gonna be I'm right, untouchable in a right sense. Right now, imagining him whispering to you sweet nothings. <laughs> yeah, in oh, that Mr. elder Tuffin. god's oh, voice. That, that hashtag, Lord, uh, uh, hashtag soul reaver. Well, hashtag, you know, is that, hashtag. Is that what you call it? Hashtag, now? hashtag, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Lashtag>. <laughs> hey, he actually gives lashes actually to yeah. people who disobey him. So. It's a new video, right on man. Your, right on your tag, huh? Yeah, oh, pretty much, pretty much. There we go. Now, between fucking and killing, I'll kill Scar as much as I like the whole Jeremy Irons kind of voice. You saved yourself. What the, the fuck am I going to do with a lion? What am I going to do with a lion anyway, right? So. Well, if you tie him down. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I, 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 give yourself the air horn. <laughs> <laughs> no bestiality. And then I'll fuck Jafar because, you know, it has some Eastern flavor. And what? you can do some crazy <laughs> Who knows what I can do with that stuff, I'm right? Sure you know? Middle Eastern flavor. That's yeah. what you mean, right? Yep, this yep. episode of Asking for Us is brought to you by Orientalism. <laughs> <laughs> Gay! Probably oh. got some magical tricks up its sleeve. Oh, okay. <laughs> Are we done yet? And on that very disturbing note, it's time for <laughs> us to. Note. We're going to have to take a quick break after this. My man. And a shower is... as well. <laughs> time yes. for us to have a cold shower, a good drink, and reassert our manhood. And after this, we're going to talk about... Awesome an... films, or rather, our review of Beauty and the Beast. Well, your review of Beauty and the Beast. Stay tuned. We'll be back after just a bit. No one's slick as Gaston. No one's quick as Gaston. No one's next as incredibly thick as Gaston. For there's no man in town half as manly. Perfect up your paragon. Uh, the feature segment, yeah. the, the feature, feature segment, segment where we talk about Beauty and the Beast, live action version directed by Bill Condon, starring, starring Emma Watson, Emma Watson as Belle, and Dan Emma... Stevens. Uh, did I say that wrong? Sorry. Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens as the Beast. The Beast. Lebet. Mr. Evans. I'm not sure. Luke Evans. Luke Evans. Luke Evans. Okay. As the Gaston. Chris Evans. <laughs> Gaston. Josh Gad as LeFou. LeFou. Emma Thompson as a Pot? Mrs. Spot? Miss Potts. Miss Mrs. Potts? Oh, there's a reason why she's called Mrs. Potts. Because she smokes the doobie. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice, that would be nice. And I believe there's other actors which I'll bring up much later, that's for sure. Like Not Ewan McGregor as Lumiere. And Ian McKellen. As Foxworth. Cogsworth. Cogsworth. Cogsworth, yeah. Because yeah. you know clock, right? So Cogs, clock. Cogs. Anyway, anyway. Yeah, yeah. speaking of cocks. Yep, yep. Yeah, so a lot of those Singapore pastors have been, you know, saying that this movie is. If you watch this movie, you'll turn gay or some you shit really like bring that. bring this up, okay? Like yeah, yeah. Christian so, Association. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Toffee, how much does cock taste? <laughs> do you, I have no film? idea what cock tastes, dude. I'm sorry. I can't help you out there. <laughs> the thing why people want to bring up such issues is because, yeah, the director wanted to, like, maybe add a gay character in the form of LeFou. In the animated series, he's just a buffoon. Series? I mean the film. Uh, the animated film. Okay, animated film. Okay. Now, in the live action, they thought, you know what? Let's, you know, spice things up a little bit. Let's turn LeFou gay. Like, he has an attraction to Gaston, per se. Turn him? I, I'm pretty sure even in the original animated, it was kind of... Hinted at, Hinted yeah. at, yeah. I mean, he was a bit uh, Not camp, really. Not he was more like, on, this yeah. is a buffoon, in a sense. Complete sycophant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sycophant. Thank you, thank you. But it was actually more apparent in the, in the live action film. Okay. But here's the thing. In Beauty and the Beast, I remember the director or at least one of the writers who passed away after the screening of the film, he actually did try to add in like the fact that the Beast itself was like, the whole messaging was basically like how an AIDS victim would feel, like very ostracized and whatnot. So I believe Bill mm. Condon kind of wanted to pay tribute to that message. You know, like when they had that mob song, you know, like Kill the Beast, like all those, those lyrics basically mean like, oh, we're gonna... The mob mentality want to crucify the homosexuals and whatnot, which was, or even the people who have AIDS who are assumed as homosexuals, but we know that's not true, right? But yeah. At the same time, it's all mob. In the 80s, 90s, it's just like a really bad time. So I guess that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to bring that message so that, you know, you gotta love people from within, not from outside and stuff. But it's such a thing relevant now. I mean, to me, it feels like this LeFou character being like a little bit more... uh, on the nose gay on the nose gay I mean like is it the, just... the movie has a bit more problems than that I can tell you but okay. like is this just them trying to be more progressive is this like Disney which is good I think it's more like I think it's more like Bill Condon the director just trying to pay tribute to the lyrics created by the writer mm. back in the animated series you know like 
Why not make the Fuke sort of like has a message from the first movie? Why not just accentuate that? Which is credible in the sense. Okay. Now, the problem with the film, as I think both of you might know, is was this remake really necessary in the long run? Mm. No. I mean, no. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. I, as much as I like watching it, I love how the production values are. And I love Belle. I love how Emma Watson portrays Belle. She does it? She pulls it off? She pulls it off really well. I have that sinking feeling that everyone knows that Disney's just doing it just to cash into nostalgia and trying to make new fans to pick which version of Beauty and the Beast they like the most. The animated version or the live action, which they both own anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So the cynic in us knows that, yeah, this is a cash grab through and through. But because of what's... But we have this movie out now and I'm like, dude, it's worth the view. It's worth the view. It's actually done pretty right. And they actually added in some more value to what they've done compared to the animated version. Like, for instance, we don't know much about the father. We don't know much about Belle's mother. Yeah. We find out about that in the movie, the so, live action film. So they fleshed it out, but more closer to the Disney lore rather than to the original source material. Yeah, yeah. They're following the Disney lore, but they're trying to expand a lot more, which is good. And you always wonder why the servants actually stayed back for the beast. They yeah. actually explain why in the movie. Okay. And they, and then, you know, those villages at the end where they were actually massacred in like the last film. This one, there's actually more of a reason why they're there. In the beginning of the live-action film, they said that, oh, the, he was a prince who ruled over this village and then now he's forgotten. And then you've got, like, two and two together and then the baker was... The baker gave a hint to what's, what's going to happen, like, hmm, I feel like I've forgotten something, but what exactly? And then all the townsfolk were like, hmm, I got this sudden block in my memory, but apart from that, I'm living in this village and doing my thing, like, washing clothes and shit. But they actually explain why the correlation between the castle and the village later on, you know? I okay. think you guys can put it two and two together, but they actually explain it really well. Okay, alright. But does it add to the story or is it unnecessary? It fear? adds, yes. But again, I'm, I I want to go back to like, do they have to really remake this film? But at the same time, it's nice they actually fill up these potholes. But okay. I would say maybe in regards to that statement, I would say that the, this Beauty and the Beast remake is you know, hot off the heels of the Cinderella reboot. Yep. I mean, the remake or the, the live action retail. Or Maleficent, or which Maleficent. is a spin. I to completely the forgot there was a Cinderella remake. There was. Oh, and then uh, and I'm pretty sure like, there was Happily Ever After. That's the Cinderella one, right? That was, a while, that was Enchanted. That was, that was a long time ago. Yeah. yeah uh, and... Oh, the Jungle uh, Book Jungle one? Book. Yeah. Jungle Book was actually a pretty good film. Uh, I didn't like it that much. Huh? But it's better than the movie, I can tell you that. For this to be the beast, it's a good update, but you can't feel the sense that, you know, Disney is catching in and whatnot. Okay. Having said that, Emma Thompson's rendition of Tale as Well as Time slash Beauty and the Beast, much better than Angela Lansbury's one. Really? I know it's a bold statement, but I heard both multiple times I mean, I saw the movie, for one. Yeah. You just admitted back... to hearing that song multiple times. Yes, I did. I did. Just for this podcast, you know. Oh. This episode is brought to you by Mr. Toffee's Spotify Fixation playlist. for animated musicals. <laughs> now, singing pots, basically. I know, I know. Yeah, singing pots. Yes. Comparing Andrew's last... Uh, last break. Yeah. The Murder, She Wrote Lady. Yeah, Murder, She Wrote Lady. <laughs> like, she's got that wispy, old stage kind of voice. But Emma Thompson brings in, like, a more... Kind operatic, of fresh take, uh, operatic kind of take yeah. to it. Okay. And I like the fact that she sort of goes off from the melody, but it still sings with the melody of Beauty and the Beast. Okay, so okay. a bit of syncopation here and there. I know, it's like back and forth and then it works. I mean, I wanted to hate it and I realized, wow, this is actually fucking good. Okay. I was humming to myself together with my friend. I was watching the cinema and then I realized I might actually make a noise. But the point is, it's really well done. I mean, I like this version of Emma Thompson's rendition okay. better. Okay. Yeah, so I'll probably get crucified for that, so we'll see. You're going to get crucified for a lot of things, my friend. I guess so. I, <laughs> guess. I, I, I think this is the bottom of the list of the things you're going to get. <laughs> perhaps, for. perhaps. Anyway, but, okay, so. Any other questions you guys got about the remake? How were the love scenes? <laughs> I mean, the ones with dancing and... <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about the other love scenes. <laughs> okay, I have to go to the bad part of the film where... No beastie style, no doggy style? No, no, no. Like, the CGI, <laughs> the CGI, the look of the beast it's I know it's really hard I mean I really have to compare it with the animated version because you there's no getting a, a way around it but Glenn Keane's art for the beast back in 92 91 mm. can't hold a candle to everything else it's great it's good shit 
When I see this, uh, the live action one, Dan Stevens did a great job with the voice and trying to be a more thorough, snarky kind of beast. Uh -huh. But at the same time, looking at the eyes, the CGI, no, I don't think that works. I mean, and this so is that kind of a weird dead eye. Um, it's really trying child. its best, but yes, I see the dead eye. I see the uncanny valley. I see that it's trying to be a half-assed version of the original beast. So we're okay. talking about underworld levels of bullshit where we're uh, I hate to say it, but yeah, this is pretty bad. It's pretty <laughs> uh, bad. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But here's a weird thing. Like when I saw the cupboard, you know, um, Stanley. Stan Stanley Tukey's wife in the movie, the piano, the orchestra. Alright. The organ, the organ. Oh my yeah. god, I'm mixing my words around piano all organs right. and all that. You're mixing your mouth over an organ. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's is that, is that, is that... No, no, no. Yeah, no, 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 no. Organ no, no. is technically... Unless it's the beast's organ. And then, oh, you, got, the and then, organ. And then, and then you got the teacups and you got like the little kettles and shit. But anyway, yeah. It's... When I see the anim like the inanimate objects being moved around and all that, Lumiere, all that, that works. Especially, especially the Be Our Guest musical segment, you know, with the with the candlesticks and all the cutlery because moving around and shit. The original Be Our Guest one is a real seminal bit of music. So yeah, yeah, yeah. does it hold up to that one? This one, this guy's own take to it, which is nice. I mean, okay. while while Lumiere was doing his old set take, like once I was the morning and all that that bit. Uh, Belle was actually busy eating and then she's getting distracted by Lumiere. That's a nice little back and forth thing going on. And even the new additions like the music, like um, How Long Is Forever, um, Why This Is Century, I mean one of the new songs that the Beast sung, that was actually really good. That was well done. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I can't say the same for the animation and everything, just for the Beast. So the CGI of the Beast uh, kind of... And especially since it's the main character, it's like a bit off. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, you're gonna get jarringly. You're gonna get so distracted by that. So it once in a while. Yeah, it does, it does. So I mean, like, besides being a note for note remake of the the, the animated classic, you know, with a few flaws. Touches, here, yeah. And then they actually go back. I mean, so they actually have a throwback to like how, what actually happened in the mom and all that, you know. So it's very hit and miss. Hit and miss, yes. Both both half and half, you know. Okay. Really good additions, which are appreciated, especially in this modern age where we want to know answers to every single plot hole that comes out. But that's the thing, you're like, are there people who really want to know these answers? Because I'm pretty sure, like, whenever you were to announce something like a Beauty and the Beast, like, reboot or live-action version, I mean, frankly, I, I just want people to tell the same story, but, you know, to remove the sheen of, like, the animated 2D thing, where it's a, it's a new level of immersion when you're seeing, like, live-action things in front of you. But at the same time, like, I mean, just to, like, you know, repeat your first question, like, is there an audience for this? Who really wants to watch That's this? That's the thing. Everyone is an audience for this. I believe yeah. the, the, the the movie has made quite a lot back from Monday, from Thursday and Friday. Its initial, like, returns are yeah, pretty like good. Yeah, like, 50, 40, 50 million US. But what's the production's cost again? again? It's uh, 160, 100. but... 160 million, and you only made back 50. Well... Saturday, Sunday could but, be... But, yeah, yeah, we, we, yeah. we're not considering opening weekend. That overall international was 100 million from just Thursday and Friday which normally is a sign that you're gonna make back you're gonna make back but I'm pretty sure this is not gonna do like gangbusters no but it'll, it it'll might, do enough it to might. justify another thing. live yeah, yeah. action thing right yeah I doubt you'll make this into a trilogy yeah right? they might make another Latin live action or might make a Little Mermaid live action oh too. man I, I've know. heard that remaking uh, no, but uh, yeah, that was a different production house actually. But because, it's yeah? exactly yeah. the strange thing because the thing is Disney doesn't literally own the rights to most of these characters because yeah. they're all they're like, all you know, free. We just, we just assume that they do. Like we could make our own live action version of Little Mermaid with if we Mary Fuck Kill. Yeah. You know, if you if you yeah. guys really want to see that, <laughs> is Dory gonna guest star? Um, <laughs> it's not bestiality for fucking a fish. <laughs> but anyway, that's back, a quote for the for the times. But anyway, back to this. I mean. I, again, I'm very torn of this film. I mean, I like it, but at the same time, my pessimistic, you know, viewpoints of movie making and Disney kind of brings up the whole point where is this even necessary in this day and age? Mm. I feel that, okay, people who are watching it fresh, yes, they'll get, a, they'll get a kick out of it. But at the end of the day, let's go back to the animated version. Okay, so what's your final score for the live action version of Being the Beast. I'm going to assume that the director had a gun pointed to his head to make this film. 
I guess, you know, okay. like a Korea thing, you know? Okay, so out of 10, what would you give it? I'll give it a 7. It's actually a well-done show. A 7? Okay, it, so... It's good. It, there is merit with the additions and whatnot. Okay. And how every character... I mean, even Emma, Emma Watson did a great job as Belle. Like, the independent kind of woman, you know? Despite the whole Stockholm Syndrome thing going on. The, 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 the journey, there's a lot more insight to it, you know? That's actually worth watching. Extra okay. bestiality. Yeah, ex- ex- <laughs> sure, sure, you want to put it that way. But I actually did like okay, I'm, how I'm everything's all right done. Yeah. I like how everything's actually pulled on. I mean, Emma Watson did a great job, despite the whole, like... Again, no one's, no movie's actually going to live up to the magic of Beauty and the Beast. 1992. Yeah, not, not even this one. Yeah, not even this one. But as it's already out, and it, and you know what what we've got as a product, what we've got as a movie, it's great. It's good. It's good. You know, seven out of ten. Seven but, out of ten. Okay. Maybe okay. Just to add to this, right? Okay, this is something I want to bring up. Also, in the sense, uh, answering your question, like, do people really need to see a live action or a reboot of this? Right. I want to kind of bring up the fact that the best reboot of Beauty and the Beast already exists. And it's What's it 3D and it's CGI and it's called fucking Shrek. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. And the thing is, it took the story, you know. I mean, not just that, it borrowed a lot from a lot of fairy tales, but it it's twist at the end about how the princess also becomes an ogre and how we should look at things beyond, like, you know, uh, face value. Like, you know, beauty is on the inside. You know, that was the best retelling of Beauty and the Beast, hands down to me. And then sure, you sure. saw her face. And then you saw her face. And then I'm a believer. believer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. If you want to bring up other movies to the mix. Yeah. But, again, I'm we're reviewing this as, like, you know, com- in comparison to the very first film that did that. So, I'm like... The yeah. animated film that got nominated. So, so I think, like, in all honesty, we need to just kind of admit, like, yeah, this is a cash grab. This is just it is, a, it is, it is a pure yes. cash grab. So yeah. Disney is going back to the well, you know. Yeah, yeah. Probably, could this be a sign of Disney running out of ideas? Well, that's then the thing. Again, they, they have that Marvel money and that Star Wars money And then too. they did Moana, a very progressive film mm-hmm. as well. And it's based on some Polynesian mythology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm th- kind of suspecting that this remake it was especially catered to a certain demographic, which is the mothers who were little girls when they watched Beauty and the Beast. Bringing their daughters. Bringing their daughters. So this is more of the Disney indoctrination of like the next generation of people. Which, you know what? I mean, if the movie turned out like shit, of course, I'm not going to give it a 7 out of 10, right? But uh-huh, it's uh-huh, actually alright. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, it's actually alright, you know? Like, I would still recommend this to people to watch it, but... It's not going to hold a candle to the very first Would you It's not like going to hold a candlestick. Yeah. Uh, there a you go. Uh, a singing, uh, French-speaking uh, candlestick. Uh, wrapping it up right here. That, that should be the Mary Fuck Mother thing going on. Mary Fuck Mother? <laughs> Mary, Mary Fuck Mother, right? Or murder! Mary murder. <laughs> the word is murder. Murder. Did I say mother? Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, you said mother. Oh, my bad, my bad. Okay. Oh, I got to enunciate louder. Exactly. So, the question is, if since this is obviously a trend that Disney is going down, who do you want to see next made into live action? Ah, uh, well, I would I wouldn't mind seeing how they would pull off maybe Aladdin. I'd like to see how oh. that turned out. But but here's a twist. I want them to use the genie of the ring somewhere. Yeah, genie bring of the back, ring? There were two yeah. genies in the original yeah. story. Yeah. If you've watched the animated, like the TV show, they actually brought back the genie of the ring in the story. Except she's a girl who also got the pop culture vibe. Uh-huh. I'm not sure who she's she voice by, but she actually is helping a little girl make her wishes correctly, and then obviously she falls in love with uh, genie of the genie of the lamp. So I mean, I can't really answer that question, but I was thinking like, what if they don't need to redo again is fucking Snow White because we had <laughs> enough of that. Yeah, yeah, <coughs> Snow White and the Huntsman. Oh right. And, oh yeah. And there was that with, mirror mirror uh, one before that. Yeah, yeah. You know, like okay, enough. We get it. Okay, stop ruining Snow White. But okay, maybe to answer that question, what I would like to see. Well, I was about to say Pocahontas, but there's already Dances with Wolves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's also a new world as well. Yeah, there you go. But okay, you know what? Fuck it. I want to see Little Mermaid. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah. who to cast. Well, <laughs> Oh, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Scarlett Johansson. Okay. Really? She's, she's my favorite she's, redhead. But it's meant to be a teenager and she's... Let's age her up a bit, you know? Okay. A slightly more voluptuous, older, mature fish. Mm. Uh... To fuck. <laughs> that's bestiality that I wouldn't mind honestly not for the rest of the show okay I think actually I mean it's super recent but I'd like to see a live action version of Rapunzel hmm okay there you go yeah just because I actually really enjoyed Tangle for what it was because mm. you know the prince is not a prince he's a thief yeah, yeah, yeah and the relationship between 
Rapunzel and the witch who's keeping her. It's kind of like a weird psychological trauma kind of. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Stockholm Syndrome again. Kind of, yeah, yeah, actually. It's Going back to Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Have you seen Tangled? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I loved it a lot. Yeah, it was a really, really good film for what it was. But and I don't think it did well, right? No, no it did terribly. Yeah. It was frozen when it said, oh, we can do 3D film. But like, you did Tangled before, man. Like, no one watched that. Yeah, fine. And they also do Brave, right? Brave was, Brave Brave was, was Pixar. Pixar. Oh, my bad. Pixar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was also not a good movie. Really? It was okay. Mm. It I'm was not like, saying it's terrible. I was but... like, oh no, my mother is like a protective bear. Ooh. <laughs> like Brother Bear by Disney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was Pixar's Brother Bear, but at least it was slightly better. Sister Bear. This is just... Yeah. <laughs> it, it was a pretty non-good movie. Yeah. Oh, I'm coming from an Englishman. Nothing against the Irish. Scottish <laughs> parties, they everybody. Scottish, I have you know. How Scot- dare you? He's kind of Scottish too. Maybe yeah. we can like cap this off of like maybe our top picks of Disney films. Like maybe you just do that? one. Yeah, yeah, just one, just one that we can take. My favorite Disney film will be uh, Star Wars: A New Hope. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going through that thread hole okay, again? Okay. I've already said and I mentioned it before. Sleeping Beauty for uh, taking bold steps and being, you know, uh, just. Changing the art style and taking chances. Okay, I would say, hands down, Moana is my favorite Disney movie. Okay. I would say Hunchback of Notre Dame, actually. The other version, the other version. As much as I hate the fucking gargoyles, everything else actually works. You've got, like, a really despicable villain. You've got an awesome damsel in distress. I mean, I don't think she's really in distress at all, honestly. I mean, fucking gypsy woman. She's got ninja skills, you know, disappearing and shit. Speaking of... And the hero is fucking strong even though he doesn't even yeah. know it, you know? I mean, have you heard of the original story? Yeah, yeah, of course. It's right. necrophilia. That, she yeah, but... I'm she dies about... and he make and he sleeps with a corpse and then yeah, yeah. he but, jumps off Notre Dame Tower. But I'm have... talking about the Disney version, not the Victor Hugo version. Do we have yeah. a I know, I have... Necrophilia? I mean, uh... I've got a separate vault, <laughs> that's for sure. You got a different music for that? Yeah, okay, but... <laughs> Let's see. Dun, 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 Okay, so I think that's enough about the Disney princesses. Okay, tell us your thoughts. Okay, write to us, tweet to us at the Last King Podcast. Uh, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, uh, we're on SoundCloud, and we're also on iTunes. So don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and uh, let us know what your thoughts are. Yeah, give us a nice rating. Or yes, don't. Please, please, please. It really please. helps, guys. It yeah, does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It puts us up in the ratings. Yeah, I think by this time we're probably selling shirts right now. So, uh, so we'll give the link up in the future. So we'll see. these are your co-hosts. I am. Uh, Chancellor Shafiq. I'm Mr. Taffy. And I am His Royal Highness, Eccentric Tom. Signing, Signing out. out. <laughs>